Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Do you love comics, figurines, and other collectibles? Keith's Comics has you covered. Keith has been serving up your hero hookup for 25 years with trading cards, graphic novels, hero clicks, and all the latest books for major publishers. Keith's Comics, spelled K-O-M-I-X, is in Schaumburg at 528 South Roselle Road. Can't find it? Look behind the McDonald's. Satisfy your hunger for heroics with Keith's decades of experience and passion for service. Keith's Comics, quench your comic craving. This is the Triple C Podcast. Talking all things comics, culture, and cosplay with Josh, Mari, and Kevin. If you are hearing the sound of my voice, please do not freak out. This is not a test. No, it is merely the return of the Triple C Podcast coming up through your internet connections and your headphones and or mobile devices. What's up, y'all? We're back. Happy weekend! Oh my god, what a week this was! And also, what a week this was! And also, happy Comic-Con weekend, everybody! Oh yeah! SDCC! Woo! Not that any of us are attending. No. Have no, but we'll it, it will happen Hey, we're just day. waiting for you guys to make us popular enough for that press badge. There you go. It will happen <laughs> so, someday. Come on, get on it! And before, um... Before we dive down the rabbit hole of all the other crazy stuff, I would just like to say that to everyone out there at San Diego Comic-Con, we love you guys, but we also are incredibly jealous, and we hope that we can achieve the same awesomeness that y'all are to be out there at one of the biggest nerd fests of our lifetimes every summer. Moving on... Movie trailers, movie trailers, movie trailers! It's movie trailers galore this weekend! Movie trailers. Wait! A bunch of trailers came out at the, at Comic Con. Unheard of. It's nah. <laughs> I am shocked. Truly flabbergasted. And we are gonna kick off the show with a discussion about one that I know I and Mari are extremely excited about: Snoochie Boochies, the return of the Mac Daddies of Jersey, Kevin Smith and Jay Muse, aka Jay, and my hetero life mate, Silent Bob. Noise, noise, noise. I. I have been a Kevin Smith fan since I was 12 years old, and I realize that's possibly dating myself, but that's just the context <laughs> of the first time I saw Clerks on Spike TV, and I've been a Kevin Smith fan ever since. I've wanted this reboot since I saw, I found out that he hadn't done one of these movies since Clerks 2, and I was just like, please let this be a thing someday, and now it is. I am, it, and it looks so good, because it's so self-aware, and it's so meta, and it's so just kevin smith's sense of humor and you know love and homage to his own creation it's it looks like it's just going to be stupid dick humor fun which is everything and more that i want from a kevin smith movie i i'm very excited but it was also you know speaking about uh you know how old you feel when you started watching it it made me feel so old when i saw them in the trailer because uh it's been a good what 15 years 20 years since the since jay and silent bob came out and you know both have had some very 
ups and downs in their lives in that that intervening time and you can see that and i'm like feeling old watching this trailer so thank you nostalgia reboots uh i am finally feeling my age i'm about to make you i'm about to make you feel really old never seen jay and silent bob what sorry what okay we must kidnap my brother and have a kevin smith marathon yeah. Ooh, and me, and me, kidnap me too. I haven't seen them. Okay, no, I want, I want to, I want to belong. No. <laughs> kidnap no, me too. but we don't no. want, you, we don't want you to belong. Aw, oh. I'll just kidnap myself then. I feel like I, <laughs> I, I, I feel like this needs to be a poll on Twitter. Should we kidnap Kevin and Zach for a Kevin Smith marathon? I actually, I would like to know what our listeners' favorite Kevin Smith movies are because when trying to think about like how you introduce somebody to Kevin Smith, like there are a lot of similarities across his movie tone and, and humor right. and stuff like that but you know i i think somebody like zach might really enjoy dogma like that's yes. where i would probably start him at kevin i think would really enjoy chasing amy that might be where i would suggest he started hmm. okay totally very different movies all right then i will put a poll out on twitter later today of the origin of the early kevin smith movies clerks chasing amy dogma and also, Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back. What of those four is the best one to introduce somebody to Kevin Smith's movies? Okay, I'm going to throw on... Actually, can we throw on the animated series? Because considering mm. that Zach is a fan of anime, uh, he might actually like the animated series. Yes, all right. I didn't so, even know there was an animated series? Oh, yes. so cute. It ran for, like, what, a season? And then that was Not. It. I don't even think it made it a whole season. I think it was a half season on Fox, and it just... Yeah. Oh, man. But the fact that <laughs> nobody knew what to do with it. But the fact that we it, it still stands the fact that we got Kevin Smith to we got a Jay and Silent Bob cartoon in the early two thousands yeah. when Kevin Smith was like the hot guy because of his success with things like Clerks and Mallrats and Chasing Amy and I sus- and I especially will call out Mallrats because the mo- the brother had Stan Lee in his movie. You get Stan yes. you get Stan Lee in your movie. You're doing something right and not yeah. old. Right up until he died, Stanley, '90s Stanley, when he was still a youngish guy, fresh and fun. youngish. Yes, I, 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 I do point out that he obviously was more older in when that movie came out than he, than he was, say, in 1980 or whatever. But still, it's still a youngish Stan. So, to, oh god. Co- no, please. Well, props to first of all, props to Kevin Smith for for losing all that weight, man. He's looking he's looking freaking lean oh, and mean in this trailer. Belt. yes, he is. Which is one of the things that I uh, I'm gonna really love because on one of the fall episodes of uh, Fat Man on Batman with Mark Bernard, he talked about how he had to completely rewrite the script to get rid of all the fat jokes. <laughs> I, guess, I guess that's a, a good reason for a rewrite. Well, yeah, I mean that's one of the things that like if you watch any Kevin Smith movie where Jay and Silent Bob take a huge role or even a small role like in Clerks One, there are <laughs> jokes about Kevin Smith's weight, and but it's all in good humor. And you know now he is lean, mean, and trim, so you got to throw out the fat jokes. Bring out lean, the... mean, trim, and and somehow got Ben Affleck back. Yes, actually, uh, Zach. I was most impressed by that. I because. Correct me if I'm wrong, but when Ben Affleck was first in there, it was kind of before he really had a a, a breakout role. Chasing Amy, yeah. Chase, uh, well, he was in Mallrats. He had a little bit in Mallrats, and yeah, that was that was like early days of of Ben Affleck's. <laughs> right, name, right. But I'll my point is, way. like, he wasn't like you know, it wasn't Ben Affleck today. No, it, it, no, it was not actually. Um, 
Kevin Smith basically gave Ke- gave Ben Affleck his breakout in Mallrats in Chasing Amy, and then he blew up. And the reason, long story short, that they had not done anything in years is because Kevin Smith would sometimes tell one too many embarrassing stories about Ben Affleck on the sets of the movies they'd done together, and it just kind of rubbed Ben the wrong way, so they hadn't talked in over a decade. Long story short, the reason that he got Ben Affleck back as Holden McNeil, co-creator of Bluntman and Chronic for this movie, is because... Um, uh, Kevin McCarthy. He signed a not. He signed an embarrassing story NDA. No, uh, Kevin McCarthy actually instigated it by interviewing Ben, asking, "Did they call you for reboot yet?" Ben says no, but he was available. And then Jordan Monsanto, who is one of Ben, uh, uh, Kevin Smith's associates, said, "Call Ben." Uh, Kevin says no, and then uh, Jordan, Jason Mewes, and Kevin's wife Jennifer Schwabach were all like, "Call him." So he texts him, and I want to read the quote verbatim because this oh. is like the greatest thing in the world. Uh, I was scared to be rejected, but I texted him. Quote, to paraphrase the sad old King Osric and Conan the Barbarian, there comes a time when the jewels cease to sparkle, when the gold loses its luster, when the throne room becomes a prison, and all that is left is a director's love for the people he used to make pretend with. And after a long beat of wondering how he'd receive this, my estranged friend wrote back as only he could, of course you'd still liken yourself to a king. And then would be a pleasure, would be a pleasure to see you again, old man. Oh, um, that's that's really that's really sweet. That that's does really give sweet. me warm fuzzies. I know, like I realize that's a slightly longish quote, but the context is so beautiful because you're getting they hadn't acted together, they hadn't done anything, and hadn't actively spoken in a decade. Yeah, and that's, now that's a good friend. They are back. One last ride, old friend. It's not even one last. Oh, <laughs> Kevin! Kevin's turning forty-nine this year. He's not that old for gosh sakes. Like, he's not that old yet. He still looks good. But I would like to just point out the final thing before we move on to other topics, the fact that he's bringing almost... He's bringing everybody back that is, like, the core elements of the Blunt Man and Chronic, you know, and, like, the the, the View Askewverse into this movie. You're getting... You're getting Dante. You're getting... I believe you're getting... I think you're actually getting Randall back, too. You're getting, you know... You're oh, get, God, I hope so. I love Randall. You're getting uh, Holden McNeil and Banky Edwards. You're getting those guys back. You're getting Joey Lauren Adams back as Alyssa Jones, a.k.a. the love interest that broke up Bluntman and Chronic in Chasing Amy. Spoiler alert. I'm sorry, but I had to get it out there. I saw Q from Impractical Jokers in there, too. So you had to get a spoiler out there, even though you knew there were two people who haven't seen that. It's kind of, it becomes, the problem is, it becomes obvious at the beginning of Chasing Amy that something is going to go sideways I don't care if it becomes obvious, you're a bad person. Now we have to watch the movie in reverse. (laughs) Mari, would you like to jump in? You you clearly, uh... I saw Shannon Elizabeth is back, too. Oh, yes. you know what, I, I but again, even in typical um, Kevin Smith fashion in the trailer, you know, somebody makes a comment, um, oh, what's his face, Craig from... It's Craig, uh, it's Craig from The Office. Yeah, Craig from The Office. Um, you know, whatever, somebody makes a comment about like, oh, that piece of crap movie that was just, you know, star-studded, blah, 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 and you're like, <laughs> see, this is what I love about Kevin Smith. Like, he can make a joke comment like that. About his own Where movie. he's talking shit about his first movie while also simultaneously talking shit about his current movie whilst it's in production and also filled with stars. Like, it just... I was just saying, while simultaneously, shamelessly uh, shilling it. 
Okay. Yeah, plugging it, no shame, stuffing it with celebrities. His self-deprecate, his self-deprecation humor is one of the things that makes him such a wonderful guy because he, yeah. well, and also, he, he is literally the epitome of what it means to be a fan and then chase your dream and then yes. make it big. Because look, th- quickly, this is how he funded Clerks. He maxed out several credit cards, sold half his comic book collection, and used the insurance money from a car wreck to fund Clerks. They shot it in. Huh. They shot it in less than thirty days. The the quick stop that is one of the ba- the main p- bases of Clerks. That's where he was working at that point. And then they also Man, sh- and they also shot it all in black and white. So that's why they were able to do it under a reasonable budget was because they didn't use color footage as well. Okay, I I, lo- I love movies that are like on super shoestring budgets that stretch it out. Like De- Deadpool was was kind of like that, relatively speaking. Uh, Primer is another good example. So I'm yeah, I'm definitely gonna, I'm definitely. Gonna those and on that note if, if you hadn't heard the announcement already from kevin before we move on to other topics the jay and silent bob reboot road show is happening that's <laughs> right kevin smith and jason muse are going to be traveling all across this great nation of ours bringing jay and silent bob to major cities everywhere the fir- you know what the first city is chicago i already bought the chicago. vip I bought, I bought the vip pass i splurged oh did you really oh i was thinking about it i have wanted to meet kevin smith since i was a youngin i was not gonna miss this opportunity and That's this is cool. how awesome this is how popular this thing has already gotten they are the seven o'clock show has been this thing has been active for less than 48 hours they already sold out of the first show at seven and added a second show at 10 i believe wow. yes that is how popular this <laughs> thing is that the music box had to add a second show so no surprise oh love the music box shout out to music box right oh but, that's where i saw the room last night <laughs> the fact that you saw the room I got a shout I out back <laughs> i can't tell if you're joking but anyway, no actually so Anyway, Jay and Silent Bob Reboot, Kevin Smith, Jason Mewes, we love you. We love everybody that is going to be in this movie. I am most interested to see Kevin's daughter, Harley Quinn Smith, in another acting role, which is as mm-hmm. as as Jason Mewes' love child with Shannon Elizabeth. That's funny. And her name is Millennium Falcon. <laughs> that is like the that is the that makes me so happy as a nerd. It's like you named your kid after the Millennium Falcon. You win. Anyway, uh, sorry, Robin Williams win. He named his daughter Zelda. Zelda. That's true. Yeah. Although Kevin Smith did name his daughter Harley Quinn. So Harley but Quinn. Guys, it's not a it's not a competition. They're all they're all pretty cool names. Especially Zelda. Good. Mari, you had something. Uh, to say? So in line of um, other reboots, which yes. Zach, you never saw the original uh, the original film on. Um, Josh, I know you were excited to hear of. Top Gun Maverick. Well, mostly just because it's pro- Top Gun is one of Tom Cruise's best films, in my opinion. Like, and that's just because it's at the beginning of his career. But it's it's so epic, and the fact that you know, being the fact that our deceased grandfather was a pilot, I love movies about planes. So I, I have a I have an affinity to this movie because of also the fact that all those shots of you know them in the planes are while they're flying the planes. You can't get those shots unless you're in the cockpit with the camera. So the fact that we're going to get Tom Cruise back in the cockpit of fighter jets, sky balling his way around like some sort of air jockey is just fun. Meh. Meh. I've been 20 years of Tom Cruise doing action movies (laughs) at this point. Between Jack Reacher and Mission Impossible and meh, whatever masturbatory action fantasy film Tom Cruise wants to put up on stage, like, 
But but here's the thing. Yeah, I, I need think, those. I think it's gone beyond the point of masturbatory because we're all in on it. We all like it. it it's become much more than masturbatory. It's become voyeurism. But we're all yeah. lending a hand here. Let's be honest. <laughs> so <laughs> we're all lending a hand, you say. <laughs> so basically, he's saying it's a circle jerk. Basically, yeah. yeah. But so that, well, this it, is the thing. There are some of these old movies, and we're going to talk about another one coming out shortly, that I am super excited to, like, dip back into the, the world. Um, you know, some of them I don't mind as much because we've already had sequels within the intervening time and space. But, you know, these last two movies, right, Jay and Silent Bob and um, not Terminator. What are we talking about Top right Gun, now? Top, Top Gun, Gun Maverick. Um, I mean, we can talk you, they, about Terminator. You guys, we're we're going to come to Terminator because, again, I am excited for that one. But um, it's very interesting to me that you know, um, Zach and Kevin that you guys haven't seen it because lately all of these things are like nostalgia, nostalgia, nostalgia. Let's reboot everything that was ever mildly successful. And I think we're kind of starting to hit that peak where it's not nostalgia anymore. Like you guys never saw the original stuff. It's nostalgia for me. And, me. and so that's why some of the, and, for, and yeah, and Josh for you as well. Um, I, I was gonna say, I have another guilty confession. I haven't seen any of the Terminator. Movies. Oh, for what? Oh, come on, man. For, for... Okay, <laughs> guys, okay. it was a it was a pleasure being on the podcast with you today. Apparently, we've got a lot of stuff to go and watch. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> okay, may I get? I'm what... really sorry. All right, look, I spent all my time watching Star Wars and reading books. Oh, stupid books. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to get one curse out of my system. Please, I apologize if this gets us off the clean rating on iTunes, but for fuck's sakes, bro. <laughs> hey, hey, you never asked. I never told. So, top, okay, so back, back to Top Gun for a quick second. Um, so I did, I did see it back in the day. I mean, it's, you know, it's about as, like, Cold War, you know, patriotic propaganda as you can get. Okay. Are, are, can, can you can you make the Russians the villain this time around, or is it just <laughs> going to be Tom Cruise flying planes? I yes. Well, the thing is, like, I feel like we don't know what the context of the plot is going to be, other than the fact that Maverick has been in the service for what thirty years and is still a captain and is still <laughs> yeah. just sky jockeying his way around in planes like some sort of Wait, badass. He's, and he's still living at his mother's house. Yeah. Yes. It, what a ridiculous premise. I'm sorry, you're telling me that Tom Cruise went 30 years without a promotion in the military? Yeah. Boy, hmm. he must have. Mm. Hmm. Yes. That is, that's hmm. where they're starting us with this. Who's, just loves whose fly, daughter man. did he just take to bed? <laughs> well, anyway, uh, just uh, the, the fact that we're, we're, we're going to move on to another 80s movie that is getting another sequel. The fact that uh, we're going to talk about <laughs> Terminator Dark Fate, although... This is more properly the actual sequel to Terminator and Terminator 2. This is throwing out Terminator 3 and Judgment Day and Genesis, and this is a direct sequel to Terminator 2 because it takes place, what? Oh, so this is this is like Halloween. Like, yes. I saw yes. the original Halloween. Yes, and they... forget all of the crap ones in between. Yes. This is this is this is exactly like the Halloween sequel that brought back Jamie Lee Curtis and is and is the actual direct sequel to the original Halloween. This is the direct sequel to Terminator and Terminator 2 because it is set what 27 to some 27 something years after the events of T2. Mm -hmm. And the fact I, I would say it looked interesting and again it's one of those things like I know rough I, you know I know everything that happens in Terminator even without having seen it because it's become such a cultural icon so I never felt a real like Oh, I need to go watch this because I know what's gonna happen. Yeah. But this looks interesting. Um, if there was gonna be anything that made me want to rewatch them, it was probably 
it, it, or not rewatch, but like go back and actually watch them, it would be this. And also the fact that we get Linda Hamilton back as as Sarah Connor, like that's the Sarah. like that's the OG of the OG. She's one of the OG female badasses. Alongside, we're getting Arnold back too. I mean, what well, was Arnold's last movie? Hasn't he been out of it for? No, he was in Terminator Genesis as the T eight hundred. He was in. He was in the last. That's no, he, true. No, he wasn't. I don't think he was. Was he in? I don't think he was in three and Judgment Day. I might. Uh, but I mean, even Genesis was quite some time ago. No, it was two thousand fifteen. It was not that long ago. It's four years though. It's... So like thirty years. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Well, the fact that we're get we are. I, I would say that this is and this is no disrespect to Arnold. It's just a fact. He's not a young man anymore. So yes, four years can mean quite a difference. Mm-hmm. True, 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 true. But yes, we are getting Linda Hamilton back as Sarah Connor. We are getting Arnold Schwarzenegger back as the T-800, a.k.a. Pops. And the really crazy thing is that we're also getting... We are... With uh, the reboot, we are going to be getting... Um, Edward Furlong, who played young John Connor in T2 back in 1991 as a grown John Connor. Nice. I love it. Or, or, as the, or, or in this, yeah, or John Connor probably... Was that the secret plan this entire time? Wait for the kid to become a man? No, I think it's... Sequel? I think it's just... Boyhood, convi- yeah. It was a 30-year-long con. It took 30 years to make! Well, yeah. uh, also, I, I mean, the fact that this is also just... You're getting so like the three core people from T2 back is just really interesting in my opinion because even if you weren't getting Edward Furlong, you can sell this movie alone on the fact that you're getting Sarah Connor and the T800 back in the same movie again. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Zach, like like we mentioned, you really only need to see Terminators one and two to be really caught up with the Zeitgeist because everything else was just kind of wheel spinning up up until this point. You know what? It's like comic books, right? Like. Yeah. They, you can start a story and then another writer comes in and takes you off on a different arc and then every once in a while you just have to go, you know what guys, we've gotten a little bit far off base, let's go ahead and bring it like right back to issue 97 and we're going to just start from there. Yeah, which I can, so I, I can appreciate. Yeah, exactly. Plus, the trailer just looked really awesome. I I admit, the first time I saw the trailer, I was a little wigged out when the uh at, w- with the liquid metal exoskeleton because I'm like, oh, it's the it's the Terminator from T2 with liquid yeah. metal Terminator. It's like this oh. is actively terrifying because it's two Terminators. Yeah, like that's actually scary. Like one isn't bad enough. Now we're getting you got to deal with two Terminators. Double double stuff Terminator. Double stuff. <laughs> sound- <laughs> Terminator 2, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> oh, God. Now, there's a reference right there. <laughs> See, now I'm just thinking of, like, a black-and-white double-stuff Oreo with the Terminator face on the cookie. I'm sure, th- I'm sure that exists. See, but I, that- I am sure that's a thing. See, that might now that might be a thing because of the movie because apparently when stuff happens on this podcast it becomes a reality because when we talk when we talked about uh when we talked about rotten tomatoes throwing out their early reviewing system because everyone was uh bashing captain marvel mm-hmm. <laughs> you know within the span uh, okay. of days that I, happened i hate to tell you this that probably had very little to do with you guys let me have no, yeah. no i'm gonna take credit for that you're <laughs> yes. welcome to yes and also zach I- let me have this no, Actually, on, I'm your on, brother. It's my job to keep you from having nice things. Uh, on on that note, I know this is a, a little bit. I'm just gonna bring up a quick article, just kind of out of out of left field, because this this was something that that we we mentioned on the the show previously as having wanted. Um, we're talking about upcoming pitches for comics, um, and 
Uh, one I mentioned, so so after Tom King left, we were talking about who would take over the Batman title. And oh, yeah. um, Brian Hitch and Warren Ellis are going to be uniting for a, a reuniting for a 12-issue maxi-series, uh, which is one that I was really, really hoping to see. So that's that one's, that I'm really excited for that. Um, that's going to be called uh, The Grave of Batman Ooh. or something. So, I mean, I, I'm really glad to see those two back in in form again because they work really well especially in that that maxi format well you got warren ellis and i love warren ellis and it's warren ellis doing batman so shut up and take my money already yep all right now we want to move on to other trailers the fact um zach i know this one made you very happy the uh new my hero academia trailer i well it's for the english look i i love the work they do i'm glad it's getting uh simul dubbed again i i always do feel kind of Sorry for the voice actors, because I always feel like that's a little rough, but I'm glad for more My Hero. I really enjoy it. Um, if if I could get one crossover, I'd like to see Courtney end up in the My Hero universe. Just see how that goes. Uh, Courtney? Uh, Courtney from, um, oh my god. Come on. Work with me, brain. Justice League. Stargirl. Oh, you'd want to see Courtney Whitmore and uh, and uh, My Hero Academia do it. I could see that, yeah. I, I just think it would be fun and adorable. That's all. Yeah, no, that would definitely be fun and adorable. Now, let's... T- uh, another trailer to talk about. We're, uh, we're going to be shotgunning some of these trailers here. The, HB- <laughs> the HBO His Dark Materials trailer. Mari, you look oh, like you're... I'm Mari, so you... excited! <laughs> <laughs> so excited, it looks... So good. There are so many elements to that book that are hard to translate. And I think it was a big reason why uh, the Nicole Kidman vehicle didn't do as well because um, there are so many different, like, complex moving parts. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, the heart of the story is is this little girl and her spirit animal. I don't know any other way to, to get it across. Um and and their relationship and their relationship it is still young and wide-eyed and um a lot of naivete to how adults you know motivations and complexities relate to children like there and I, this trailer just made me way more excited than even the teaser did because they seem to be nailing that tone and, um, you know, to hear Lin-Manuel Miranda speak about it, like, it's coming from such a place of love, I am beyond excited. I, I'm I literally going to have to resubscribe. I was just excited to see Lin-Manuel Miranda. I was trying not to butcher it, and I ended up butchering it. Um, He's great. He has such, like, he has such this, I don't know, big personality. He has, like, a, a really, really unique presence that I really... Well, it, I, I would I, say he has such a big personality, and he has such a... a, a breadth to his acting you know yeah mm-hmm. oh yeah like i saw him in mary poppins returns and i was like well first of all i loved that that was a great movie i don't know if i like it more than the original but that's you know i i will fully admit there's powerful disney nostalgia what? at work there really yeah you're putting you're putting the mary poppins sequel right up next to the actual original movie because i haven't seen the sequel yet because I, I i think they were them. i think they were both excellent i huh. like i said I put the original Mary Poppins above it only because of childhood nostalgia. And also That's the only reason and I recognize that it's childhood nostalgia. Well, and also Julie Andrews and Dick Van Dyke. Come on. Well, yes. That's a power yes. that's a power pairing right there, especially back then at that point in their careers when they were both, you know, young and like at the top of their A game doing big mm-hmm. stuff. I will also say the movie was very delightful. That is my huh. and Dick Van Dyke's cameo was fun. 
But I did not mean to get you off track, but that's good to know. But um, no, um but I was just say besides getting off track, um, <laughs> like I said, I really did enjoy it quite a bit. Um, and yeah, and so my point was, I really enjoyed a lot of people in there. Uh, Lin Manuel Miranda being one of the main reasons that I enjoyed that film, and I just think so. I'm excited to see him doing more stuff. I am. Cool. Ex- I'm excited too. Uh, the, I will admit that, and I am not. This is not me being biased, but this is just me because in the Golden Compass movie, Sam Elliott plays the role of Lee Scoresby, the uh, mm-hmm. aeronaut who uh, the the role that Lin Manuel Miranda is playing. And the reason I love that role so much for Sam Elliott is because it's him being his stereotypical self, which is like, you know, the old grizzled cowboy adventurer, because that's Sam Elliott's persona. Like, almost yeah. any role he's ever had, even the small role in Big Lebowski, he's being a cowboy. Like, one of the mm-hmm. last modern cowboys. I love Lin-Manuel Miranda. He's one of my favorite actors of all time. Aha! I'm not the only one having problems with that man's name. No. I'm just vindicated. <laughs> no, I'm just talking a streak here, but I think he'll do a great job as Lee Scoresby, but I'm still going to put Sam Elliott at the top because Sam Elliott being a cowboy is just Sam Elliott being awesome. It's probably why. Murray, how, how old is that character in the books? Because, I mean, that's like a very different dynamic whether or not you're, you're dealing with, you know, a Sam Elliott versus a Lin-Manuel Miranda. I want to say that she was 12 in the books um, because around there because the whole sort of point is, is youth in puberty and that transition... Mm-hmm from being a child into being, you know, a young adult. It, it's, I, I have goosebumps just thinking about it, to be honest, because it what? really is just such a, a such a, a um, impressive understanding and insight into what it is to be um, a, a youth and to be a kid and stuff like that and to still have one foot in the fantastical and one foot in reality mm-hmm. and then to place it in a universe where the fantastical is real. I'm very excited for this. What about uh, Sam, Sam Elliott's character? I mean, like... He's supposed to be... In, in the I mean, he's, he's supposed to be an old guy, old, older guy? Yeah, he's oh, definitely okay. an older guy. But um, the, what I'm excited for Lin-Manuel Miranda is um, because he, to me, has a little bit more of that, like... Uh, yeah, less less gunslinging cowboy and more like young adventurer pirate kind of goes with the flow, ends up where the wind takes him. So I'm o- I'm actually really okay with the casting. I know the internet was a little iffy, and Josh shared a lot of your concerns, but it's, um, it, it, everything I've seen from these trailers is it's it's less concerns and more about seeing Lin Manuel Lin Manuel Miranda in a role that was already filled by an, another actor of equal, if not a little bit higher caliber. And I am not bashing Lin Manuel Miranda right now. So if the internet wants to jump up my butt right now, crawl <laughs> out of my sphincter, take it down, fight me. Yeah. Also, I w- the, the rest of the cast for this show, uh, the fact that you have you have Daphne Keene, a.k.a. X-23 from Logan, so little feisty uh, w- X-23 is now Lyra, and you mm-hmm. got James McAvoy as uh, Lord oh, Asriel, and Ruth Wilson as Mrs. Coulter. I, 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 I don't know Ruth Wilson's credits as well as I should. Oh, Preacher, yes. Oh, wait. And she was in the wait. Warcraft movie. Oh, wait, that's her from Preacher? Yeah, uh, oh. I feel like... You know, I the Warcraft movie is not what I would call a credit to anyone. I enjoyed it. I'm not saying I didn't enjoy it. There's a difference. Oh no 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 no! I'm getting I'm getting people confused. No, wrong person. I'm getting actors confused. Don't okay, yeah, now you're confusing me. 
Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait a minute. No, that can't be the same actress. You haven't seen nope, I'm thinking else. Ruth Nega. I'm yeah, on a totally like, different roof. Yeah, what up with that? Um, No, but <laughs> the last trailer to talk about before we jump into some other news and then into readers' reviews was the... I don't even call that a teaser. It was more like a full-blown trailer for the uh, uh, Henry Cavill Witcher show. Oh, oh my goodness. Man. I, I've been super excited because this is one I'm actually qualified to talk about. All right. Shot <laughs> Take one. it away. Take it away. Uh, well, first, I want to know what your guys' thoughts were. Uh, I think it looks visually fantastic. I think it's uh, yeah, gonna uh, it's gonna fill the Game of Thrones shaped hole in my heart right now. Uh, like I suspected, Game of Thrones aesthetic. I was gonna say, like I suspected, the uh, the concern about the wig was not the issue. Um, no, it looks it looks good. It actually looks good in motion. Um, uh, joking aside, I I was at first really confused. I was trying to figure out in my head where they where they've set this. Um, because there's a lot of stuff that looks very confusing. Um, because it it looks like they've got Yennefer before she became uh, a witch, because that was one of the first things she did with magic was to make herself not ugly. Um, and I know that's kind of a horrible thing to say, but that's that's how the book goes. Um, but then they have a what is clearly a a younger Siri looking for Geralt. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was, it, you know, it was kind of trying to figure out where they had it set, and I'm still not sure. I like pretty much everything about it. I still don't like Henry Cavill as a choice for Geralt. I definitely don't think his voice is deep, is deep enough or scratchy enough, but I think that's the fault of the games. You mean you mean he doesn't sound like he ate a, a bucket of sand before going out on his <laughs> adventures? Yes. He's that, too young and pretty. He's not. He's not craggy and grizzled enough. Well, his, God damn it. Well, his face looks like it takes a couple of beatings they, in the show. They did a decent job of making him craggy, but it's just there's not enough gravel in his voice. You know what I mean? Mm. So okay, yeah. we need to get a but, bucket but so of I sand. Am, so, I don't I'm know anything about think. these books or these movies. Uh, uh, somehow, somehow it just totally passed me because I always would. There's a book series that I really enjoyed called The Bulgarian by David Eddings, and so there's a character in there that go, that's basically like Garian of Riva. So for the longest time, I just totally thought people were were misspelling Garian's name. <laughs> so when I realized it was a whole other book series and a whole other t- you know um, uh, game series, yeah, a whole other franchise, like it kind of like. Uh, I don't know. I Blew felt very mind. territorial. Yeah. Uh, so I watched this trailer, and I am super excited, and I have a bunch of questions. Like, why is Henry Cavill's eyes, like, in that last shot, like, why is his eyes all purple and his face all bulgy? Like, is magic. that part of the... Magic, magic and potions. Yeah. Well, I like potions. We never see enough potions. In, oh, in if you like potions, you're gonna love The Witcher. Potions, oh, potions are a prevalent thing in the, in this world. So the you got very loves detailed. You got very detailed in the people. Can you give me just a, like a broad overview of the story? Um, I can. It's it's the so you got to understand. So the thing about the Witcher <laughs> is there was four. There was two short story collections, and then was it three, four novels? Um, I think it was like three or four novels. I'll double check uh, that right I now. I forget if it was three novels or four novels. There was three or four novels. Which and then the novels had uh, essentially an ending to them, and then the guys from CD Projekt Red came in and asked the author, "Can we continue this narrative for ten grand?" And the author was like, "Sure." 
and then that was a, another set of books which has n or another set of games which has nothing to do with the books but followed their story. Um, okay, so it's sort wait, of like wait, a, like when you say followed the story, do you mean followed the characters or it was just set in the world? And again, I don't know the plot of no, the followed, the, story followed the characters and followed the story. Like it, Got it, it it's it is a direct sequel. So who's but my it's main character? Technically not Okay. Is so my main character the blonde dude or is my main character the the hunchback broad? Your main character <laughs> in theory <laughs> should be Geralt. Henry okay, Cavill's character. It, it should be Henry Cavill followed by uh the cast the merry band of idiots uh, is basically hmm. that gets dragged along on Geralt's monster hunting adventures his his fellowship one might say uh, yeah hmm. pretty much um and so that would be a, a a cheerful little dwarf a i was going to say there's the dwarf there's the the quintessential D&D bard. Yeah, Dandelion. His goal is to fuck everything in existence and is succeeding <laughs> at it. See, now that's how you sell me on a that's how you this, sell me on a on a franchise on a property. This guy bards. <laughs> yep. No. Did I see him in the trailer? I don't remember seeing no, him. Sadly, not. there was no Dandelion in the trailer. Dandelion. And yes, that's his quality. name, Dandelion. Yeah, quality. Um, <laughs> uh, hold on. Um, Jumping in really quick. Um there are eight. There are eight Witcher books. Uh, six. Uh -huh. Oh my god. Si six of them are novels. The first two are the short story collections that Zach talked about. Wow. Okay. And, so I, I was I was correct, uh, and, which is uh, good to know. And the bulk of this stuff was all written in the '90s. The first short story collection came out in '93. The last of the original books came out in '99, and the and the latest novel came out in 2013. I was just saying, and the games started coming out. Um, the, the first game came out late '90, like I think around the time I was born. I think, like I think it was around '94 or so. Um, no, it was, so no, it, the it books were. I'm looking that. No, up right it was now. very recent. The books have always been about Geralt and the people who end up along with him. So there's Yennefer, the Hunchback. Um, yeah. There's Triss Marigold. <laughs> Um, the she's a redhead. I don't think they showed her. Did they show the actress playing Triss in the trailer, Josh? I don't, I don't think they did. I don't believe they did, but I I do believe they've got her cast. Um, I'll double check. And then there's the various other people in. There's the various other witchers from Henry Cavill's school. So he Witcher is a title. Yes, Witcher w is Witcher a is a this is important. Got it. A title it. and a profession. You are quite literally it. It is you are a monster hunter. You hunt down all various monsters and you put them in the ground. Okay, you, that's kind of what I was hoping this that? was because that's what the that's if that's what the story is, then that is what the trailer got across to me. Like that big giant spider, I'm like, yes, this is awesome, merry band of adventures. So, okay, cool, I'm pretty excited. <laughs> oh about no, this definitely not. Like, don't don't take this the wrong way. It's not a merry band of adventures. <laughs> <laughs> there are Fair good, enough. There are good times had, but they are bookended. By lots of murder, death, and sadness, and and loss, and just the, racism, lot of racism. Oh yeah, Ooh. Hmm. just just the the look of it is really amazing. Because like, okay, so obviously I was I was in a Game of Thrones. I liked how it looked, but it was very light on the fantasy elements. Yes, and it didn't it didn't like get brought back around, or they didn't obviously go all out at the very very end. So to see that type of cinematography and that type of budget put into like these crazy high fantasy images. There was one where it's like, like the one Lisa Frank looking like purple spirit tree or something is, is, 
stuff I really wanted to see more in Game of Thrones that like that that high bombast with yeah, the really I was cool like, say, realistic the, style. The Witcher's very odd. First of all, I'm glad there's people excited for it because despite any misgivings I might have, I'm excited about this. Mm-hmm. I, and uh, as I've said about many things in the, in the past, I want this to be good, right? Yeah. Like I, this is the kind of thing that I want to be good. Um, and the fact that you know people who haven't seen anything are excited is awesome. It's it, our, it, it, the it, Witcher is a weird combination of high and low fantasy because you have normal people living out their day-to-day with these horrible monsters around. But most people don't do magic. Magic is the purview of of crazy wizards who are in castles and courts. Yeah, it's kind of it's like... It's not the kind of thing your average person has access to. It's not, and it's definitely steeped in mystery, and people are looked hated and feared for it. But you have it. I think. Right? The, I think the best example to make it a little more easy to understand for Mari and Kevin is that magic within the world of The Witcher is not like Harry Potter, where everyone can do it. It's more like Merlin and Morgan Le Fay in the King Arthur mythos, where only mm-hmm. only very a very small group of individuals can do it after years of study and knowledge gathering, sometimes at great personal cost. And then you know, like Zach said, you're in castles or in courts, so right there you get kind of that Merlin aspect because there are magic users within the courts of great kings within the world of the Witcher, very much like Merlin in King Arthur. Mm-hmm. Also... And elves taught humans magic, right? I picked yes. that up. Yes, yes. Okay. Also, um, uh, first, and... Witcher, first Witcher game, 07. Oh, really? 07? Yeah. Oh, that's right. No, they previewed it in at, 2000, at E3 2000. That's what it was. Um, but so, yeah. They were great stuff. Um, also, there is another thing. Uh, so you guys might have seen Henry Cavill make kind of a weird hand sign for a split second in the trailer. Mm-hmm. That's important because so there's there's your like high magic, your your classic D and D wizard, you know, fireballs and and giant domes that stop arrows and stuff like that. But then there's almost like D and D sorcerer, like quick and dirty magic which is something that the witchers practice called the signs Mm -hmm. it's kind of like is that like chaos magic chaos magic it's not really a specific type of magic it's it's just the best way to put it is it's quick and dirty and easy it's limited but you know what you're gonna get oh yeah which are very that kind of magic is very useful in the game if you're going up against very big monsters (laughs) and you have no idea what you're doing the first time well, yeah, so it's just, it's really simple stuff, like, make a cone of fire, make a cone of air, uh, make a shield to eat a, to eat a hit that would, you know, normally break you in half. Mm-hmm. Uh, compel somebody to, you know, be lulled. In- Jedi mind trick people, basically. Yeah, yeah Jedi mind trick people. But uh, I, I don't want to be that guy because we're down to the last. Yes, la- unfortunately, we do have to move on. Yes, we're down to the last 18 minutes. Oh my god. I know. Time has flown. I would like to very... Uh, Nothing but trailers. Yes. And I like it. And we are also going to be doing more coverage about things that were are brought out at San Diego Comic-Con over the weekend. So fret not. We will do more San Diego Comic-Con coverage uh, during the week and everything. Might be a few surprises along the way. I want to talk about the article I found because from Polygon. Chinese Final Fantasy 14 players are turning eating fried chicken into a new quest. <laughs> so I, I, I threw this one in there uh, just because I thought it was really funny 
so for anyone who doesn't know, uh, you can get a, it's very specific, you can get a fat black chocobo mount in Final Fantasy XIV, and Yay. there's different ways to do it. Um, it was a, a pre-order bonus for some people, but if you live in China, it's a KFC promotion. <laughs> oh god okay i did not know that but part. the issue is this is the kind of thing where it would you'd expect it to be you know eat a bucket of fried chicken get a free mountain no no this is you need to eat a a family plans worth of food for this specifically you have to pay 13 dollars and 73 cents for the family meal and dine in with it and and because they, they won't just give you the code. No, no, you got to eat it. They got to see you eat this. I like the idea of, like, some KFC employee, like, sitting across the bench from you while you're, like, trying to finish your third chicken sandwich. Just, like, eyeballs to eyeballs. Well, I would just say, Josh, if you can just give the folks at home a quick overview of what these poor people are doing to themselves all in the name of a, a fat black chocobo. All right, then. <laughs> I, as soon as I stop laughing after I hear the words fat black chocobo because it's funny. Um, the family meal consists of one double chicken burger, one vegan mushroom burger, one five-piece order of nuggets, two original recipe pieces of chicken, one two-piece order of New Orleans wings, one old Beijing spicy duck roll, two large Pepsis, and two peach oolong teas. And that's specifically, obviously, in China, which is why you get in your spicy duck, your spicy duck roll and your oolong tea. Okay, that oh. is absolutely disgusting. Yeah, I'm, I'm How a, dare I'm they make anybody a eat a vegan sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> hey, At KFC, hold on. no less. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Kevin Smith went vegan to save his life, so no de bashing the vegans. But I bet oh, he didn't eat it at KFC. Yes. Mari! He said it once! I'm sorry! I totally wasn't even thinking. You, Language. you already did it! Oh. You can't say anything. You already did it this show, John. Oh. Yeah, well, We're I, just going to have to slap an NC-17 on this episode. Okay, <laughs> I would also like to point out that I apologized and bookended my swear because, for the sake of the for the But sake see, of that's what makes Mari's all the more fun and entertaining. Yes, it's, this is true. Listen, guys, I've got, I've got some Jesus in my reader's review. I'm going to go ahead and cleanse this entire podcast by the end. So we are Beautiful. okay. Be clean! Be clean! Hey, come on now. We're all religious. Let's not go mocking the Lord. Whatever. <laughs> anyway. Hold on, what's that? I can't what? hear you over the sound of gleeful blasphemy. <laughs> anyway, bottom line. We feel sorry for everyone in China that had to eat a family I, plan I from KFC to get a I just feel bad that they're like, about. hey, you, you sad nerds. Go eat a family meal. You jerks. <laughs> a fried, yeah. I'm an, I'm an American. That is way too much food for me. Yeah. Like, I, I, I'm, we're all American right here. And that the only time I would ever eat that much food in any context would be if I was at a buffet restaurant and I knew that I was hungry. You know, or if I really wanted a fat black chocobo. So here's the thing. I don't even play FF14, and I still want you a should. fat black chocobo. And I'll get you in Listen, listen, I could use a new one because I'm... So okay, anyways. But here's the thing. I'm a sucker for... I'm a mount collector. It doesn't matter which game. I love my mm. mounts. doesn't matter. I only ride the same one. So I, I say, have paid $25 to buy mounts previously. So honestly, a $14 meal and, a, and, a, and getting me out of the house for an evening... Very, very smart Chinese uh, marketing I, I would team. say, and unfortunately, the article doesn't mention this, but I think probably the best part is people have started using, and Mar, you'll know exactly what I'm going to say when I say this, they've started using the raid terms. 
I believe this. Oh, to, to like plan how they're going to attack these meals? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I like okay, it. Okay, so we're, we're going to get our tank. We're going to get our tank in for like like the really meaty stuff. Yeah, um, he's gonna, you know, he's got to take down the big ones. <laughs> oh, no, it's great because they go even further than that. They they went all in on using the um the FF14 class abbreviations, Mari. Mm-hmm. So, so it's it's like, all right, so the DRK, the Dark Knights, got to get in and tank this chicken sandwich. Uh, we, we, need the Dragoon, we need the Dragoon to focus down the Pepsi. It's, if you go, if you want to, if you want to laugh, I honestly suggest going to the Final Fantasy 14 subreddit right now just to see this stuff. It's great. They're enjoying themselves. They're, they're having fun with it at the same time crying that they can't get their fat black chocobo. Oh, oh no. Apparently, <laughs> oh. they all just fried and ate them. I was going to say, there's, oh, there's, no. there's just oh, a bunch God. of hungry gamers out there for a big fat black chocobo. <laughs> okay, how many times are we going to do this and it not sound homoerotic? Chocobo nuggets. Fat, fat black chocobo is the new Jimmy Fresh of the show. <laughs> Okay, nothing can repre- replace Jimmy Fresh. Yeah. Get your, no, guys, we can combine them. Get your Jimmy Fresh flatback. Flat, ah! Okay, five, time, five times five times fast. Lin Manuel Miranda. Lin Manuel Miranda. <laughs> flatback chocobo. Ahem, ahem. Your fearless founder is going to attempt it. Jimmy Fresh fat black chocobo. Oh, there you go. Nicely done. He did Dro- it. Drop the mic. How many more times are you going to say that in your life? Uh, probably never. Probably 12. <laughs> anyway, um, a few other pieces of news to cover um, before we get into reader's reviews. Really quickly, the fact that the Dark Multiverse that that was established in the uh, DC Metal uh, arc is now returning, but now we're going to be seeing the impact of the Dark Multiverse on the Superman aspect instead of just the Batman. Long story short, we're going to be getting a Dark Multiverse world where Lois Lane becomes the Eradicator after Superman died in Death of Superman, and this is what sells me on this. She Mm -hmm. sets out to end the reign of the Superman before it happens. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really, really excited about, like, I don't know how many of these they're going to do, but mm-hmm. um, this, it, you know, I would I would call this the return of Elseworlds, but it's really not. It's really more like DC's What If. So they're doing, they're doing one of these tales of, of the uh, dark multiverse for uh, Death of Superman. They're all, uh, Scott Snyder's actually also writing one that is an alternate ending for Nightfall. So basically, it, it's, uh, it centers, uh, it takes place 30 years after nightfall bane has broken batman's back batman never got back in the saddle after uh, uh giving his mantle over to jean paul valley so Azrael becomes this crazy murderous batman 30 years later gotham is a, a horrible place for criminals and probably everybody else but uh, a challenger rises to stop the reign of uh, of Azrael, and that is the son of bane oh yeah so i, I so like bane's I, going to be a the son of bane's going to be a good guy yeah, mm-hmm. I yeah. Look, it looks like it, and they're going to be doing a few of these that are like old, like what if versions of events. They're going to do one for Blackest Night, which I'm really, really excited about. Which, which honestly, I'm list, I'm looking at it, and that's basically deceased. Right? Yeah, that's that's that, that that's the vibe I get from it. I, I was going to say I'm super excited because I I love Elseworlds. I always have, and I love what ifs. So I it, it is always fun for me to see uh, writers come in and say. Okay, but what if we just nudge this a little to the left? 
what happens. Mm-hmm. DC hasn't been focusing a lot on continuity, which is, you know what, it's at a point where, like, that's kind of okay. Like, you know, just let them tell good stories, continuity or not. But this kind of is my, like, continuity wank outlet where it's like, okay, here's <laughs> here's the tangent timeline. I got to go back and, okay, what's all this minutiae? Because you don't get a lot of that. And, like, honestly, I'm, I'm, kind, of, I'm kind of okay on less of a focus on continuity. Um, but, like, I'm just really excited for these. I just, I just love these alternate takes. I am also excited. I remember when, uh, I remember the Doomsday event. My dad, God, I hope he took care of that comic. Because I remember, I remember when that happened, and I thought that the follow-up and all of the, you know, the people that stepped up into Superman's place afterwards, it really was a very good story, storyline. Um, I am very excited for this Elseworlds, because I low-key love Lois Lane. I think she tends to get a lot of, um flack from a lot of the fandom and stuff like that but um i'm very interested to see how they handle her um like mental emotional state following the death of superman and you know to to sort of build out how she does take on this mantle and you know um express her grief as a superhero i'm so excited to see this path and like to to really dig into that uh uh trauma informed Powers. And on that very detailed note, we are now down to the last eight minutes of the show. Time to do oh reader's God, reviews. Reader's review. I would like to go just to get mine out of the way because it's Overruled. One... I'm taking the first <laughs> slot this time. Oh, no. All right, then. All right, then, Zach. Uh, I was going to say, uh, just to make it quick. So uh, I did uh, Sword Art Online Progressive, which is hmm. it, the author decided that he wanted to go back because he always had a dream of telling the story of Sword Art Online floor by floor, but he never could do that because the uh, it turns out the original Sword Art Online novel was written for a, uh, a writing contest. So he had to finish the story at the end of that book. So the first book is very disjointed, just telling this. It's, it's very, very fast because it was written for a writing competition, obviously. And then that spawned another eight books and an entire series. But so now with Progressive, he's going back and he, he said that he's willing to ignore the events of the other books to tell a better story. Hmm. So I'm super excited. So if you, if you liked Sword Art Online, you'll probably enjoy Progressive because it's more of the characters you like and it's their whole journey. All right, And then. if you don't know what Sword Art Online is, I would suggest reading it. It's actually pretty good. And also watching it. <laughs> and also watching it. I would just read it. Reading it's better. It's like a double reader's review. Fair enough. All right, then. Kevin, you talked about cleansing the podcast earlier. You have something that I actually will probably need to either borrow from you or go buy myself, because I remember we talked about this very early on on episodes back when it was me and McLaughlin. So what do you got for us, brother? My brothers and sisters, I have... I have the gospel truth of Mr. Mark Russell. Um, I read, <laughs> I read a uh, Second Coming number one. Um, this is a book that I'm I'm really glad I have in my hands and was able to read because it almost didn't see the light of day. Um, this was a re- the premise of this is basically um, God sends Jesus back in the modern day to room with uh, a Superman analog so that Superman can teach Jesus how to be a better Messiah. The problem is, God is kind of a dick. And uh, uh, this version of Superman, it's not like, you know, like, wholesome. This is like douchey Golden Age Superman, excellent. pretty much. Wow. Might, might makes excellent. right Superman. So 
basically, and, and uh, Mark Russell has done a lot of uh, really good satire in the past. He's probably best known for writing the Prez reboot uh, a number of years ago. That was under the DCU initiative. Um, he did the the Flintstones uh, maxi series a, a couple of years ago as well, um, and that was also that was really really poignant. And he always, what I like about Mark Russell, he always has some sort of a, a point with, with what he's writing. Everything is 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 exigent, and he he always has some sort of a message. And this is a, a lot about like. What can be done to give mankind what it needs? Is it is it healing? Is it is it power? And it's kind of that examination of of, of Jesus's, or rather Mark Russell's version of G, of um, Jesus's ideologies compared to that of like the superhero, which is just which is a power fantasy. So putting those two together, it's really really interesting. Um, so now the controversy because this hmm. this wasn't published under Vertigo. Um, Everyone thought it was about, you know, the quote-unquote blasphemic implications. I think it's because of nudity. There's some, there's some full frontal and some Garden of Eden scenes, and this was canceled right around the time the Bat-Dick controversy happened. So I think it has more to do with the nudity than the religious connotation. But, um... Uh, they, giant I, eye roll. Yeah, unfortunately, I would like to disagree because, um... Uh, this was covered extensively in mainstream media. Long story short, uh, a petition was put out online by a lot of uh, hardcore, uh, you know, churches and stuff that were convinced that this was blasphemy against God and were like, this is wrong. So it's, it, it it's might a, have been a little a, bit of both. It's it's a parry and a commentary. Listen, there have been plenty of, of co historical commentaries on the Bible that are researched. And that's not to say that this comic book is like, you know, well, one of the additions to mm. the Bible. But but the the point is that the controversy is in the fact that they didn't see what Mark Russell's trying to say. By the end, Jesus is teaching Superman more than the other way around. That's so funny. this is a really really this is a good one. Second coming. Um, I, I like it overall. I'm going to keep with it just to just to see where he's going uh, with it. But um, this doesn't like deserve the controversy that it's getting. Surprise to freaking prize. Yeah. No. Nope. I, I was going to say. I'm a gamer. We're used to that. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Well, and I mean, there have been a number of different, like, studies and stuff that have come out that have really, like, um, both by laymen and by by um, people in the religious community that sort of examine the, the religious nature of superheroes. And you even saw, I mean, uh, the original Superman is based off of the Jewish idea of a golem. So, like, mm -hmm. it, it, religion and comics have always sort of, to me, gone hand in hand. Um, so this just sounds like one of those studies being told in a serialized uh, format. Mm -hmm. format. And on that note, Mari, what do you got for us, kid? I read the final uh, issue of The Walking Dead because Ooh. I had to. Because I had to. Uh, Walking Dead was one of those things that uh, I read, I don't know, maybe like the first... 15 or 20 or so issues and I really enjoyed it it was a lot of fun uh, loved it way back in the day and then just sort of fell off of it checked out for a lot of years until they um, did the TV show and I really enjoyed the TV show for a couple of seasons that's been another thing that eventually I just sort of tapped out of and then I've stepped back into and out of so I wanted to read this last episode or I wanted to read this last issue, and I have to say, I thought it was very, very well done. It actually did kind of remind me of an episode of TV, um, not to spoil too much, but, like, they do a um, a courtroom scene, and I think that's actually, like, a TV trope because it's that opportunity for you to, like, you know, summarize and uh, judge the morals of the story that you have just been a part of. 
so I really enjoyed I really enjoyed that um I was very surprised and I'm sorry guys this is a spoiler but like I was very surprised at how happy this series ended like it actually ended on a very positive note and uh you know we were left with this really happy image of Carl Grimes and that was a little surprising because this has been a this has been a book series that has not been afraid to uh murder you know, people to murder people yeah and, and to have sad endings and really 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 dark storylines so um it's one of those things where you're like oh man this is this is exactly the ending that i wanted uh i just never thought i was going to get so uh walking dead 193 uh robert kirkman charlie allred uh lard just thank you guys very much it was great. Even as somebody who was came in and out of the series, it was a it was a hell of an adventure. Thank you guys. All right then. I uh, now it falls to me to wrap things up, and I decided to revisit something I hadn't tackled in a very long time: the original Rocketeer by Dave Stevens. Ooh, hey, the, this is the uh, Rocketeer oh, the the Rocketeer complete collect. Uh, Complete Adventures, which is the original eight-chapter saga that Dave Stevens did back in the 80s that gave the world Cliff Secord, a hot-headed stunt pilot who gets his hands on a jetpack and becomes a superhero. And not just any, like, you know... I mean, that's what we would all do if we got our hands on a jetpack. I mean, well, I mean, I'd probably turn into Boba Fett, but still. Yeah. (laughs) I would smash into a building by accident. Uh, Yes. Yes. Well, that's why you practice somewhere no one lives, like Detroit. <laughs> oh, or, or no, or you go out to the middle of nowhere, Illinois or nowhere, Indiana, and fly around and just hit some hay bales. It's soft. I'd be Michael Sarah in Arrested Development, just oh god, flying my way around Southern Valley. Oh, there's a reference right there. <laughs> anyway, I had not I had not read the original Rocketeer in a very long time, so when I was at the library, I saw this and I was like. I just found my reader's review, and I reread it, and there have been a lot of, uh, like, sequels to uh, The Rocketeer over the years. Uh, there's one that I'm a very big fan of. It's The Spirit and The Rocketeer teaming up. There was, a, there was a series where a lot of different writers and artists did stories that added to the continuity, but nothing beats Dave Stevens' original, especially because you have some references to original 1930s pulp adventures in here, specifically... Uh, the fact that the jetpack was created by Doc Savage and two of his associates uh, come in huh. to take it back. Uh, and then you also have the second chunk, which is uh, Cliff Secord going to New York and getting into an adventure with the Shadow, but it's specifically Lamont Cranston. He does not don the hat and, claw- and uh, scarf, but he still picks up the guns and uses the Girasol ring at one point to hypnotize. So it's still pulp, even without the shadow putting being the shadow. Like, totally. Rocketeer teaming up with pulp Batman and Superman? Count me in. It's, 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 it's good, especially if you uh, gr- liked the Rocketeer movie and never read the original source material, then this is where you want to start because this gives you a sense of why the movie was as fun as it is and why all the sequels and spin-off material have been as good is because of the original source material. And also because um, when Dave Stevens was doing this series, uh, the original pinup queen of the 1950s, Betty Page, was at one point his neighbor. That's why he modeled Cliff's girlfriend, Betty, in the comics after her is because they were friends. He helped 
uh, revitalize an interest in her in in who she was and everything. So it's a lot oh. of there's a lot of historical context as well as like you know fictional meta elements as well. It's it's an enjoyable read. It's a highly enjoyable book. He wrote and drew it himself, so it's like that great writer-artist combo. But we are now sadly out of time. We have covered so much great stuff today. Trailers, news, and more. Like I said, we're going to be covering a lot more of San Diego Comic-Con as it comes out. Go see. Make sure to go check out each of these trailers yourself if you haven't go, seen it. Mark your calendar for all of these dates. It's going to be a really good rest of 2019 as far as movies go. From mm-hmm. all of from all of us here, I'm Josh. I'm Mari. I'm Kevin. I'm Zach. Make sure to support your local libraries, bookshops, comic book shops, and more. From all of us here, we'll see you next time. Same nerd time, same nerd channel. Have a happy Comic-Con 2019. Bye for now. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.